and welcome to this week's edition for the Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the Muslim and South Asian community about local Texas and national politics. You can find my uh, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, or hear them every Tuesday at 1 p.m. on Radio Azad. You can also follow me on social media, such as Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me under Wise Up or Wise Up TX. And you can check out my website, which is wiseuptx.com. Remember, everyone, let's become educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoot. Today's podcast is called The Texas Turnout. And I will be discussing about a group of people I met with, and we sat down and sp- uh, met with the Texas Tribune and the Society for News Design and discussed the different ways we could increase voter turnout in Texas. But before I delve into that, I want to begin with the news of the week. So it seems that Brock Turner, who was the man that was convicted for sexually assaulting another student behind a dumpster, um, has been released from jail. He served only three months out of his six-month sentence. If you recall, there was a huge uproar at his sentencing. In fact, over 1.3 million people signed a petition for the judge um, to pretty much be fired or ousted from his position. And um, Vox News actually did a little video piece about how he had been released and since uh, he was put in jail and since his release, there have been around 75,000 women that have been sexually assaulted in America, which is an astounding number. And for such a, you know, first world country, it's Shocking that we hear that these instances are still occurring without um, huge repercussions. Either way, since his release, he's had several protesters in front of his house uh, calling him a rapist and other uh, harsh terms, or depending if you think it's harsh or not. And unfortunately, to be honest, uh, I think the media will eventually forget this story and Society as a whole will be moving on. Um, Speaking of which, you have the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Colin Kaepernick, who has been sitting down as a protest during the national anthem. And this has caused quite a bit of controversy. You have certain people feeling that, okay, fine, you can protest, but protesting against the national anthem is quite disrespectful. There could be other ways to protest. Uh, Other people feel that he is protesting for the uh, sake of because he's not doing really well, he could potentially be cut and that if he's protesting and garnering media attention that more, you know, the 49ers would be unwilling to cut him without uh, facing any backlash. I think it's, you know, you have some really interesting point of views here. You have um, some of the other teammates who have started to join him in these protests. You have had a famous American soccer player who is a lesbian and who also protested recently. And the reason why she felt that she did so was because of the fact that she felt that um, the LGBT community hasn't had equal rights and that when you're having an anthem that talks about equality for everyone, it seems that the nation has been hypocritical in that stance. And that's the reason why um, these people are protesting. And Kaepernick's big reason for protesting is that he felt that African-Americans 
and many minority groups are not given equal treatment. And so that's the reason why he was protesting, because he feels that the national anthem, um, which is to incorporate and to emphasize that America is um, for equality and for everybody, um, that it, it really isn't that way. So whether you want to disagree with his protest or agree with his protest, I think at the end of the day, and this is my own personal thought, is that he has every single right to protest. Whether you like the way that he's doing it is completely to one's own decision. But I want to emphasize the fact that just because you're protesting the government does not make you unpatriotic. Uh, protesting, I think, is another form of patriotism, is that you're trying to correct the wrongs of your country. You're trying to point out the things that we could potentially fix. And so I totally disagree with those that find Kaepernick to be um, unpatriotic because I don't think patriotism is tied to completely agreeing with everything that your government says or does. That's what a democracy is, is that you can show your dissent and not be punished for it. Anyways, uh, moving on, there was another leaked Democratic uh, Party memo which showed um, the former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, uh, to not really support the Black Lives Matter movement. And it basically stated that you should be list or the Democratic um, officials should be listening in and listening to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, problems, but not giving concrete policy answers. Uh, a lot of Black Lives Matter activists were extremely upset by this. Um, Pelosi's office uh, stated that they had nothing to do with this email, that it wasn't sent from her office. Uh, who knows what the true story is? You know, they keep stating that it could be, these hacks could be coming from Russia I don't think that's really solving the problem. I think that's just diverting the attention. Uh, speaking of the Democratic Party, let's move on to Hillary Clinton. Um, she has been putting out uh, some policies such as lowering um, medical costs for like prescriptions, uh, a mental health policy plan. If you want to read more about it, um, it's posted on my blog under the Daily Dose. You can find uh, the articles there. And then we have Donald Trump, who has been discussing immigration policy. And if you've been following it, he has been vacillating quite a bit. Sometimes he was all for deporting all of illegal immigrants. At other times, he was softening up on the stands. Then he went back, you know, to say that Mexico would pay for the wall. And then he would progress on to trying to have a discussion or meeting with the Mexican president. And his recent speech regarding immigration policy has really angered many uh, Hispanics. And so I'm not sure where it's really going to lead. We have still at least two months to go, and we have yet to kind of get concrete answers on many of his policies, but immigration has been the real big headliner this past week. Also this past week, uh, what has really been making headlines was the whole epinephrine pen dilemma called the EpiPen, and it 
increased by a huge margin and caused a lot of anger for many people because it really didn't make any sense when there was such a control um, by the pharmaceutical company Mylan for uh, the EpiPen. And so they did eventually release a generic form of it, which was cheaper, but it's still more expensive than the actual, um, than the cost of the EpiPen previously. And so that is, again, where Hillary Clinton had come up with a plan about lowering prescription costs. But I did want to point out that, according to the New York Times, the drug makers have been um, putting in $2.3 billion worth of money over the past 10 years in um, lobbying. And it's probably why there's been no legislative proposal to rein in these rising prescription prices. And that's, you know, I'm telling you this so that you all realize the power of lobbying. And I know that we sit there and we discuss um, how a lot of money and big money is being used in our government these days, especially with regards to lobbying. And I'm discussing it because, well, big money is there. That doesn't mean that our vote counts for so less and for so little. I really think if we were to sit there as a country and as a whole nation and come together to vote and try and vote in those people that aren't tied to such big lobbying groups or who are always voting for those groups that have only um, contributed to their campaign, it could really make a difference. And for those of us that are financially secure and that have the means to donate to these campaigns, I definitely think that we can do the same thing and, um, you know, start donating to those campaigns that to those politicians that are willing to work for our community and to stand up for our community. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, with regards to this big pharma lobbying situation here. And speaking of money and funds, uh, the Texas legislature is going to begin um, in January of 2017. And of course, you're going to be voting in November 8th for your local um, representatives. But there has been talk about the way the budget is going to look for 2017. And it seems that we are bracing to have some budget cuts according to the Dallas Morning News, in regards to the economy, Medicaid, and spending decisions. There's also been talk of a 5% increase in property taxes to be able to pay for our schools. And so I think this is very important information to note because this is something you're going to want to talk to your local representatives about when you're uh, trying to find out more information about them, wising up on them, meeting with them. And really discussing what you think are the most important priorities that our government needs to focus on with regards to either the economy, Medicaid, education. You need to make those points out there to your representatives to make sure they know how they're going to vote in representing you to make sure that the way you think the money should be spent will be spent that way. So while January 2017 seems really far away, it really isn't. It's going to come much faster than you expect. And of course, the elections is two months away. So this is really the time to speak with your representatives or those who are running for election to see what their platform is with regards to the Texas budget. 
Speaking of the elections, the local racist ballots are out. They will be soon posted on Wise Up in the voter information section. Give me a couple days. Uh, and this is a perfect opportunity for you to kind of look at who your local candidates are and understand what their platform will be. That gives you two months to research. Don't forget that the deadline to register to vote is October 11th. There have been many opportunities, I believe, if you'll be celebrating Eid next week, if you'll be going to Namaz, they are offering places to become registered. And just some funny news, Dancing with the Stars, our former governor, Rick Perry, will be on that show. So I really plan on watching it this season and seeing him bring the Texas two-step. Now that is the news. I let's go on and discuss uh, my experience with the Texas turnout along with the Texas Tribune newspaper and Society for News Design. So last weekend, I was a part of a group called uh, Texas Turnout. And it was hosted by the Texas Tribune and the Society for News Design. And it was a civic social weekend on August 26th through the 28th to invent nonpartisan ways to help Texans make informed decisions at the polls. And around 200 people applied for one of the 40 spots. And the event was intended to be like a small uh, collaborative event. So each team, they organized us into different groups, and it was composed of a variety of backgrounds, such as you know, community organizers, designers, developers, journalists, students, and those who are really inspired to make a change in the political world. Now, the way they made us uh, come up with ideas, they used a process called design thinking, and I have never really used it before, but basically it empowers teams to solve problems and test solutions in a way that is both quick and impactful, and it's supposed to take a minimal amount of time. So we literally started from Friday, and we're designated to our groups, and worked all day Saturday, and then Sunday we ended up giving presentations. So we had some really great speakers also come to discuss uh, voter turnout in Texas, and one of them was the Texas Secretary of State, Carlos Cascos, along with Dr. James Henson from the Texas Politics Project at UT Austin, and two of the journalists from the Texas Tribune. So I liked to meet with the Texas Secretary of State. Uh, he made some really important points, such as that it's important whatever we're trying to do here and that it's not just a one shot because voter education is perpetual. Um, he also discussed the voter ID fraud uh, situation that had happened as you all had heard that the Supreme Court of the United States had uh, struck down Texas's voter ID law of being too constrictive. And uh, there were people who asked questions and asked him about you know, what about doing the statistics because they found that voter ID fraud happens very minimally and it's not something for our government to focus on. And his point was that if it happens even once, it's too much. Like voter fraud should not happen at all. Each person's vote should count. And it seemed that some people were in agreement with the statement. A lot of people weren't. Uh, I guess it, that's for you to decide how important you feel that uh, voter fraud is.
and some of the other speakers brought in um, a variety of aspects for us to uh, look at and some discussed how demographics, just because someone is Hispanic doesn't mean that they all vote the same. And I think that was a great point because I think it's the same for South Asians and Muslims that, especially in the Muslim community, just because uh, they're Muslim doesn't mean they're all going to vote the same. They have different priorities. Uh, Muslims in America, it's the most diverse religion. You have so many different ethnicities. Uh, same with the South Asian population. You know, you have so many different religions that make up the South Asian population. And they're not going to all vote the same. Muslims, Hindus, and Sikhs not always vote the same. And so I thought that was something very important for people to really understand and kind of hone in on. And so we had around eight different projects to figure out voter turnout. And before we you know, got into our groups, we tried to hone in on certain aspects of what voters feel as in not feeling motivated to vote. One is it's very complex, right? Um, you have your polling locations, there's multiple votes, how many people are you supposed to learn for each and every single position? Um, there's always propositions, constitutional amendments. It becomes really convoluted and it's like, where are you going to find the time? How are you going to learn all of this stuff? So we understood the complexity of it. We also understood the fact that um, people feel like their vote doesn't really count and that's why they're not motivated to vote. So in essence, they feel unengaged, they feel disaffected, or they feel powerless to make an impact. We also realize that there are a lot of um, employers that don't allow their employees to take time off work. And sometimes with early voting, it's uh, not easy to take off time to go vote. It's not easy to go vote on the weekends because you have your kids and so many errands to run. So we know that there was a time constraint as well. And last but not least, because there are so many, so many candidates running, it's very difficult for people to sift through all of the information or to try and understand all of the policy issues. And when you culminate all of these issues, it becomes a really big problem, and it's why voter turnout in America itself is low. But Texas, which is the second largest state population-wise in America, is also at the very close to the very bottom in voter turnout. And so we sat there and we got into our groups and started coming up with ideas. And some of the ideas were having a voter reminder tool that syncs with your calendar application, um, you know, on your phone to get people and businesses to, and customers to work together to figure out a way to remind people to vote and incentivize uh, participation. Um, there was also one that was trying to incentivize business leaders in the food and beverage industry to encourage and ensure that their employees partake in voting by giving them one hour of paid leave to work. You also had um, a Texas vote photo, which was really cool because um, it was like a text bot. And so you would te they would text you and you could respond and, you know, get more information um, with regards to logistical barriers to voting and trying to offer tips to first-time voters. It also came in Spanish. There was another um, SMS text service that offered logistical information on transportation, childcare, and other resources to help eligible voters reach the polls. Um, 
There was a team that came up with a neighborhood vote kit, um, what community leaders could use to try and motivate their neighborhood and their communities to go out and vote with signs and posters and magnets and information uh, that's easily accessible to people and, you know, give them the location, like where's your polling location and those types of things. Um, Another one was another interactive messaging services that targeted voters and allowed people to understand local down-ballot initiatives. And I thought that was really awesome because it talked about those things that really affect you in your day-to-day, such as, uh, you know, traffic problems or educational problems going on in uh, your children's school district. And another one was really focusing on the younger voters because in case you didn't know, the millennial generation is has the most potential of voters and the largest number uh, to really make an impact. And they had one where they would provide an online community guide that would connect young voters on down ballot positions. And then the one that I worked on was kind of along the lines of kind of Humans of New York, but a little bit different. It was a social media campaign aimed at personalizing the political and civic experience for those who are unengaged, feel disaffected, or otherwise powerless to make an impact. And the short stories of civic engagement would be shared through social media, and it would lead to our website where readers can engage with these real encounters and learn important information specific to those stories. Um, We would really make uh, it data-based and try and make sure that when people saw this story, they would be like, oh, that person's story is similar to me, and then see the data that, oh, if more people like that person had voted, they could have made an impact in either a local election or a national election. And so personally, I thought this experience was really amazing. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I work mostly in policy. And so I don't really see the journalistic side so much or the data heavy side or the technological side. But the thing is, we all came from different varied backgrounds with the same purpose is for people essentially to wise up on their political candidates and and their voting um, situations. And so... I'm not sure how the Texas Tribune and Society for News Design intends to go forward with our projects, but I thought it really got all of us thinking as to what we can do to really get people out to vote. And so I'm going to leave this segment with a question, is how do you think what we can do to get the South Asian community to get out and vote? I know that there are many Muslim and Hindu groups that are trying to get people registered to vote or deputize them. But what are some other ideas you think would be um, a great idea to get more of us to vote? I really want to hear from y'all. And I would love it if you could, you know, reach out to me on my social media or email me at wiseuptx at gmail.com or go to wiseuptx.com and go to the contact page and, you know, give some ideas. I'd love to discuss them, you know, next week and maybe try and incorporate them up until like the November elections. Because while I focus on wising up and trying to get my listeners informed about what's going on in politics, we still need to get everyone motivated uh, to vote. So if you have any ideas, that would be great. Or if you thought some of the ideas you heard were great and you think you could tweak them, that would be work, be workful for our community, that would also be awesome. So I look forward to hearing from y'all and hearing some of y'all's great and amazing ideas. 
I also wanted to reiterate that the deadline to register to vote in the state of Texas is October 11th. I hope to be doing some political interviews soon with some of the local candidates. So again, if there's someone you would like to hear, please reach out to me. I want to hear who you guys want to hear from. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Check out my website, wiseuptx.com. And don't forget, everyone, let's become educated, let's get wiser, and let's start giving a hoop. Until next time.